Okay, we're ready to begin this week's Parsha. Parsha's Kisete. The Torah says like this. Kisi, um, Kiyikach Ish Isha. Chadasha. Um, the Torah says when a person will get married to a, a new woman, right, uh, going out to war. Um, the Parsha says, talks about uh, marriage in, uh, in a different Pasuk also. So it says, shisha. person will take a wife. So the Rambam, in his Sefer HaMitzvah, in his Positive Commandments of uh, 200 and, 213, and also at the beginning of his laws of Hilchasishas, the laws of dealing with, uh, with women, explains that for, for Jews, there's a Positive Commandment to marry when they choose a wife. They have to affect uh, what we call a Kedushin. They have to affect the Kedushin. Um, not like the Rambam explains. Very interesting, Rambam explains how it used to be before the Torah was given. Two people would agree to live together, etc. Very interesting, Rambam, to look at. But the Rambam says that, um, that there's a mitzvah that when one wants to uh, live with somebody else, then one has to uh, do uh, kidu- uh, the, the mitzvah of Kedushin. They have to consecrate the marriage in, in some way which is uh, described in the first Mishnah in Masech Kedushin on page 2a and throughout the Masech dealing with, dealing with the details of, the, um, of this mitzvah. At the beginning of the Pasha, the Torah says, Kisiyena li'ish shtei nashim, when there will be to a man two wives. Ha'achas ahuva, ha'achas nuah, he'll have one that uh, he likes, one that is loved, and one that is hated, the Yodul Obanim, right, and they will have uh, children, the both of them, Avu Vasnua, have the uh, two children. So the Torah here says, seems to say, right, that a person can be married to two women at the same time, as the Torah says. So what is the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the halacha? So the Gemara says, and the Gemara in Yavamis discusses this halacha, and the Gemara is found on page 65a. The Gemara says, like this. Says the Gemara that Ravami said, somebody who gets married when they're already married, they're not allowed to stay married to two people. They have to give the first one, he has to divorce one of them and give them a ksuba. Rav Omar, Rav says, A person can marry as many wives as he wants. A person is, uh, is permitted for them to marry as many wives as they, if they, if they, as they choose, as, as they like. However, it has to be that the husband is capable of supporting uh, both wives. The details of what means support is uh, not up for our, is not for our discussion this evening. Um, generally speaking, he has to be able to provide a separate home, a separate dwelling place for each for each one of his wives. Uh, but uh, it writes, it, Robert says that one can be married, one can be married to uh, to two to two women at the same time, or maybe even more. What's the halacha? What is the law? So the uh, the court of law, the Shulchan Aruch says in Evan uh, Ezer in uh, in uh, Simon Aleph, in uh, a few halachas. Halacha, halacha tests, for example, the Shukhanos is like this. A person can marry many women. 
and as long as he is capable, as long as he is capable to support them. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch says, which we're not going to discuss this evening, that a person can only marry four. Right? So four is the maximum. The Chachamim, the rabbis gave advice that uh, four is the, mo- the most that a person can marry. Uh, what? That a king is special. Uh, the king is special. We're talking about a regular Jew. Okay. Uh, you know how many how many you can have. So he says he can have more than four. We're not going to get into why. You know, not not more than four. Uh, however, says the Shulchan Aruch, in a place where the custom is, in a place where the custom is not to marry only one person's not allowed to marry more than one. There are more ads. It is prohibited, even according to those that hold that one is allowed to marry, that one is allowed to marry more than one woman, can marry two women in two different places. Now, for example, a person can go marry uh, a woman in Australia and a, and, a, and a woman in the United States because we're afraid, because we're afraid that maybe he'll have a son with one and a daughter with the other, and the son and the daughter are not going to know each other, and they'll meet Chas Vesholem, right? And they'll, get, and they'll get married. So therefore, there's an issue. That's an issue. So uh, that's not allowed even according to them. That's halakha test. Okay, so as far as the as far as the, 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 the halakha is concerned, it seems to be that from the laws of the Torah, from the laws of the Torah and the laws of the rabbis, um, multiple uh, uh, being married to more than one woman is not prohibited. Polygamy, there is nothing there is nothing immor- amoral about about polygamy, having more than one wife according to the laws of the Torah and according to the laws of the rabbis. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's sanctioned. There's no, there's no prohibition whatsoever. Unlike, unlike a woman who's only allowed to have one husband, that's, uh, that, that is the Torah is very clear about that, only is allowed to have one husband, uh, a man is allowed to have more than one. A man is allowed to have more than one wife. Uh, it, it, it's sanctioned. Um, Yaakov is not criticized for marrying Rachel and Leah only because they were sisters. He's criticized, but not because he married two wives. I mean, because one is not allowed to marry sisters according to the laws of the Torah. But uh, two wives, one is allowed to have. There's many cases in, um, in 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 history about having two uh, two wives. So this is the topic that we're going to talk about this evening. Um, there are many different details. It's a vast uh, discussion and. Uh, nothing is going to be according to, uh, to halacha because each case, this is an area of halacha which is very, very gray. Very gray as we soon will see. And therefore each detail matters a lot. Every detail matters a lot. So therefore each case is unique as we will see if we can have some practical cases as far as the law is concerned regarding this, uh, 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 this issue. Um, so I want to I focus on that and I also want to focus on the philosophy a little bit of, uh, of, uh, of this law and the philosophy basically gives us a license to, to say whatever we want uh, because you know philosophy as long as you remain within the, uh, the Rambam's 13 principles of faith as long as you remain within the ideals of Judaism um, you, you, can, uh, you can explain a mitzvah which doesn't have ramification according to, to Jewish law anyway so this is the din this is the din of the Torah okay, this is the din of the Torah um, in the next halacha, the Shulchan Aruch says, however, in a thousand years ago, Gersonides, um, uh, Rabbeinu Gershom, made a decree. He made a decree uh, uh, with attached to it an excommunication to anybody who transgresses the decree that 
if a person marries more than one wife, they are excommunicated from the community. This is, uh, this is what he did. So therefore, hence, it, uh, it has developed over time that basically most of, uh, most of Jewry um, do not have, do not marry, do not marry more than, uh, more than one person. So, before we get into the details, I think maybe we should talk about, uh, talk about the philosophy of this, of this mitzvah. The um, question is like this. The question starts also in the Gemara Yivamis. We know the famous uh, Gemara Yivamis a few pages back. The Gemara says, on page 63, the Gemara says, Rabbi Rabbi says, Kol Adam she'ein lo isha eino Adam. Any person who doesn't have a wife is not considered to be a complete person. Shinemar, as it says, Zohar Nekeva Baram, right, Vayikra Eshimam Adam, he created a male and female and he called them man. That's the, uh, that's the, that's what the Pasuk says. So you see that since he called them man, when he created a male and female, therefore you see that Adam is not called Adam unless there's two parts to it. Right, the person is not complete, a person is not complete uh, uh, unless there is a union between a, a, a male and a female. And we know in the works of the Mukubalim, uh, for example, Rabbi Menashe Ben Yisrael, if I'm not mistaken, in his, uh, in his book, Nishmas, I think it's Nishmas, uh, Nishmas Achayim, he says that before the Nishama comes down into the world, it is split in half. And Nishama, the anatomy of the Nishama is, is that it manifests itself in a female and a, and, and a male form, and, and, uh, when they, and, and, and the two are supposed to come together. That's usually what marriage is, consi- uh, uh, um, marriage is called. Um, and we know, right, the Gemara says in, uh, in Sotan, page 2a, the Gemara says is that um, the Gemara says that there's a, a basco that comes out, there's a heavenly voice that comes out and says, Bas pointing the pointy, 40 days before a person is born, this woman is set aside for this specific, specific person. This is what we call a bachet. The Gemara also seems to imply this or say, uh, basically say this, uh, that a person is allowed to get engaged on Cholamoyah, the Gemara says in Moikotna, page 18b, um, because Shemi Yikad Menachah, but maybe the, the Gemara says um, that maybe somebody else will precede, the Gemara child, precede that person in getting their Bashar, so therefore he's allowed to get engaged. The Gemara asks a question on that. The Gemara says that, that uh, how, how can it be how can it be that somebody can get somebody else's by sharing somebody else and something that somebody else is meant for? Okay, the whole discussion, the Gemara, the Gemara seems to conclude that that is indeed the case. That a person is, uh, a person is complete, a man and a woman are complete together when uh, the two souls, so to speak, in the language of the Mukobalim meet. As a matter of fact, the Gemara says more. The Gemara says in, uh, on the previous page in Tractate Yavam is on page 62b. The Gemara says, on Rav Khanil, Rav Khanil, I said, call them Shein Laisha, a person that doesn't have a wife, Yishar Dor Simcha, he's without happiness, without blessing, without good, uh, etc. Um, right, so you see that the completion of a person, spiritual completion, emotional completion, psychological completion perhaps, right, is, 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 is necessary that there has to be a partnership, there has to be a partnership between two people, and hopefully also a partnership of, uh, of, of the, of the Ziva Grishan of the first the, for the first the Bashiach. So if that's the case, if that is the case, then, then the question that we need to ask is, or at least academically the question that we need to ask is, is that according to the Torah, a man is allowed to marry more than one woman, does that mean that, does that, mean that a man is not complete according to everything that we just described? 
unless he is married to more than one woman, whatever it may be for him, two, three, going to Shulchanach, four, right, uh, whatever it may be, if he's a king, 18, he's not complete uh, without bracha, without simcha, without all the things, uh, he's not called an Adam, or is it that he needs only one? And he's complete with one. Two is only, uh, is, 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 he's not in need for completion. It's just that the Torah says that it's permissible according to the law. Which one, which one would, you, would you say that it is? Right, that is, uh, that, that's the question that, uh, that, that I was thinking about. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, maybe which, which way it goes. My assumption would be, and it seems to be that I, I, asked, uh, I asked my Rebbe what he thinks. My assumption would be that all the sources that I just quoted, if we look at them a little bit more carefully, or even in the, in the, in the, in the cursory look, the way that we quoted them seem to imply that a person, a man is complete with only one wife. That's what it seems to be, right? Uh, the Rabbani Shalom did not create, for example, Adam and two Chavas. The, the, the Gemara and page 63 in Yuvamis does not say that, the Gemara in Yuvamis does not say, call uh, Adam She'ein Lo, any man that doesn't have, complete the sentence, Isha or She'ein Lo, Nashim. He doesn't have women or doesn't have one. The Gemara only says one. The Gemara 62b also says, the Gemara says, call Adam She'ein Lo, Isha, Person doesn't have a wife, it's Charlie Brosimka, doesn't have he doesn't have happiness. Doesn't say without women. Everything, all the descriptions of the ideal, the Bashir that says, I blame you in coming to of life. Forty days before the the, the baby is born. Uh, right, what did the boss call announce? What did the heavenly voice announce? Boss pointing and pointing. So and so to so and so. He doesn't say so and so to two so's and so's. Right? Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that in the in the in the Gemara. Everything seems to point at the fact that, it, that, it, that the, the, the completion, the completion is, is, um, is, is only with two people, right? And uh, the, Gemara seems, the Gemara says that also. The Gemara in Sultan, page 2a, which we quoted, says that there are actually two Bashers. There's Ziva Grishon and there's Ziva Sheni. There's one, the first one, and then the second one. So the Gemara says that the second one is according to a person's actions. If a person, uh, for some reason, loses the first one or misses the first one, so the second one, he marries according to his actions. If he's a tzaddik, he marries a tzaddik. If he's a rasha, he marries a, 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 an evil person. It's according to his actions, but it's not his bashers. So therefore, theoretically, it's possible to be married to a person that's not the other half of your soul according to the prescription of the Torah. And so too, the logic would follow, logic would follow, Logic would follow that, that a person can be married, a man can be married to two wives, one of them is Bashert, one of them not is Bashert, so it could be both of them not is Bashert. Could be one but the both of them are not meant for him. Because the Torah writes, we have free choice. The Torah says that the, that the laws of Kedushin require that a man, that, that, that a man says to a woman, under the Chupa, I have the Kedushin, he kidas Moshe Israel and he gives her a ring. And then if that's true, according to Jewish law, they're married. It doesn't matter whether they're Bashet or not Bashet. There's no way to know. There's no way to tell. It's possible you can be married to, your, to, to, the, to the other half. It's possible not. Or it's possible this one in addition to others also. That's, uh, that, that's what it comes out to be according to the, to the, to, to the laws of the, uh, according to the laws of the Torah. Okay? 
that's uh, that's 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 what I think. But the bottom line is, is that from the Torah's perspective, it is, it's not in any shape or form immoral for a man to, to, to have more than one wife. That is okay. So it seems also, the reason for that is, at least, you know, in this, I'm also opining, this is a question of philosophy, that it is possible for, this, this, this could be just conjecture, um, but I think, in my opinion, of course, it's a strong conjecture, that, that, that it's possible for a man, obviously, if the Torah allows it, a man can have two uh, dual loyalties. It is not called being disloyal. If a person, if, right, if society is different, then we have different perceptions of how we are. But according to the laws of the Torah, it is not disloyal for a man to be married to another woman. Because the Torah allows it. Even though it's true that the Mishnah at the beginning of chapter Yavamas on page 2a says that when there's two co-wives, the, the Mishnah calls them Taurus. Taurus, as we know the word Taurus means that there is, that there is Taurus and there is a proclivity that there should be competition and fights and, 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 and uh, whatever it is, and it may be, right? But, since the Torah allows it, therefore, within the capacity of the uh, male, Homo sapien, right? It is to be to have a loyalty to more than one person. Perhaps, maybe that is the reason why, if if a man is disloyal to to his wife and uh, uh, and it, it does the wrong thing by having a relationship with another woman who is not married, is not liable for the death penalty because it's not an actual rebellion. It is not an actual rebellion to his. It is not an actual rebellion to his wife, just just because he's married to somebody else or has a relationship with somebody else. However, on the other hand, the Torah very clearly tells us in Pasuk Sota that if a woman has a secondary relationship, then it's, the Torah's language is that it's a rebellion on her relationship with her husband. Because for some reason, for some reason, whatever that may be, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't know everything. It seems that the loyalty can be focused only on one person. What do you say, Rabbi Nachum? As I recall, uh, hopefully I recall, I think that uh, if I do, uh, it has, it's not about loyalty, about why the women uh, are held to that. Right. With a woman, uh, you have to know who this child comes from, especially for inheritance purposes. Uh, so with a man, I mean, we know, you know who the man is. Right. With a woman... If she's with more than one man, we won't know, and so the child uh, won't have his rightful uh, inheritance. Okay, look, it could be a legitimate reason. Also, there could be dual reasons. I'm speaking from a from a different perspective. I mean, that's the way the Rabbanu Shalom made it, though. That's the way it works out. I think that both reasons uh, could be valid. Well, we can discuss that that other reason too. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't want to get into it more than that because um, I'm just not. I think that we, we, we can leave it at that. Unless anybody, any, anybody else also wants to make a comment about that specific thing. Okay, fine. That is, that seems to be the, 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 the philosophical background. Yeah, Ezra. You said when somebody, so comes, Right, when somebody is born, a Bosco comes and says, Bosco, point the point. What? Yes, it's possible. That's what we see from here. That's what I'm saying. It's possible that they won't find, or that they'll pass up, or that the Bashir can uh, die. To be in a car accident, anything can happen. 
there is there is a nishama they get split in half. But the uh, chances are because there's free will, there's absolute free will, there's Bakhir Khapshit. Right? Uh, it's possible but it's not gonna happen. We don't know. And even when it does happen we don't know whether it is whether it is or it isn't. I'm just saying that the fact that the Torah allows it, or the, the fact that the Torah allows it, uh, is, 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 not, is not a big deal from that perspective, because sometimes it doesn't happen anyway. Okay? Fine. That is, uh, that, that's what it seems to be the, that's what it seems to be the case, that, that, um, <coughs> uh, polygamy, according to the Torah, is completely sanctioned. That is, uh, that's the bottom line. There is nothing, from the Torah's perspective, immoral about that idea. Now the Shulchan Aruch continues. The Shulchan Aruch in number in number ten says that Rabbeinu Gershom gave uh, a chedim. He made an excommunication on anybody who uh, who marries a uh, who marries two people. What I'm sorry? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. Right. Uh, so this is the uh, this is the halacha. However. Oh, yeah, there's some discussion if it's a, if it's a la- or if it's a levered marriage or if it's an engagement, what what the situation is. The uh, Ramoa points out. The Ramoa says like this. I'm skipping. I'm not going to do every single detail. But here's, here's an example of what the Ramoa says. The Ramoa says, um, what is the situation if what happens if somebody is married for ten years and they don't have any children? Person is married for ten years and doesn't have any children. Doesn't want to be divorced his first wife. So did Rabbeinu Gershom uh, excommunicate uh, such a person? So um, there is a dispute, as always there is. There is a dispute of whether or not uh, some hold that it is prohibited to get married to a second person, and some hold that since it's a mitzvah, it, it is permissible. Um, now, what happens in the case of the Shukhanach if the first one is not, is not capable of receiving a divorce? The person is married, and the first woman is not capable of receiving a divorce. What's the deal in such a case? She's not capable because she is certifiable, for example. She's never uh, loses her mind. And uh, in order to receive a get, in order to receive a document of divorce, a person has to be of sound mind. It's not like in American or secular law where you can give, uh, where you can divorce somebody secularly regardless of their, of their emotional state of being. Uh, in, in, in Jewish law, she has to actually take the get into her possession. So what happens if she loses her mind and he can't get remarried? What's the deal? is because, according to the laws of the Torah, a person is allowed to have more than one wife. Therefore, Rabbeinu Gershon did not make this excommunication. Or, do we say that uh, this communication applies in all cases? That's, um, that's one case. Or, for example, let's say she says, let's say she says, I don't want to get to get. I'm not going to take it. I don't, I don't receive it. Right? Uh, you can't give it to me. I don't accept it. Because she wants to punish him, because she wants to make sure that he doesn't get remarried, so she's not going to take the get. In reverse. We always see the case the other way. What happens when it happens in reverse? The woman says, I'm not taking the get. Okay? That's right. So what is the, what's the din? So the, uh, the Shulchanach says, Yish lahaki lahatir lo lisa acheres. Then one can be uh, lenient in allowing him to marry somebody else, in allowing him to marry somebody else. The commentary of the Chalkas Mechaikik says that what is required is a heter meir abonim. There is a, there is a, there is a, uh, a loophole in the excommunication of Rabbeinu Gershom, and that is a, uh, a leniency with a hundred rabbis. 
There has to be a document that is written up by a hundred rabbis in three different locales, jurisdictions, who sign on this document and agree that the, uh, they sign on this document and they agree that there is good reason for this person to marry somebody else. This is, uh, this is not so uncommon. This has happened uh, many times before. Person uh, wants to get remarried, and for whatever reason they can't, so they have to go and uh, have their rabbi write up, uh, or the, the particular court, the big court, to write up a, uh, a hetemir on him. They have to go around the hundred rabbis and have them ask him to sign it. That's uh, the way to do it. Now, says the mechaber, uh, says the mechaber, uh, the Rabbi Yosef Karo. However, this decree has was not on did not spread in every single place. This decree did not spread in every single place. You did the, this decree exist in, in, in Iraq? Where is it? Uh, Iran? They have the people have more than one wife in Iran. Jewish. Jewish. Sometimes. So they the Rechirim is known as the Rechirim Ben Gershom. Did not, uh, in certain places they don't have. The Yemenite, for example, they don't have, they, they, they never, they never, they, it never spread. And it's common practice until before, I don't know, 50s, 60s, and as it fell, that people had more than one wife. The Bezdin with the Israeli uh, rabbinate would allow them uh, to be married to more than one person. Further or more further. Specifically, in a, in a, what happens if it's a place you don't know, uh, yes or no? So in such a case, uh, if you don't know yes or no, um, if you don't know yes or no, so you have to assume that it exists. Now, says the Mechaber, something very interesting. The Mechaber says, the Rabbi Yosef Karo says, that this chayim, this excommunication, is only until the 5,000th year. In other words, until the year 5,000. This chayim is supposedly, according to the Mechaber, expired in the year 5,000 of the Jewish calendar 700 years ago. Okay, that's what the... Um, that's what the Machaber. That's what the Machaber says. However, there are more ads. So therefore, uh, Rabbi Ezra, uh, right, uh, for the Svardim, according to the Machaber, that the, the communication does not exist because it's uh, 700 years. It's already gone. So therefore, it seems like the position of the. Uh, it seems like that the position of the Machaber, the position of of Rabbi Yosef Karo is is that there is no longer any chayim of Rabbi Nugash. Okay, the. Um, the, uh, there are more ads, however, uh, however, even though it no longer exists, the custom is, and uh, the, the decree is still in full, in full force. And if a person marries two women, so we, we, we force them with excommunications and whatever it may be, not to. And then he has to divorce, he has to divorce one of them. Um, right, that, 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 that's what he says. And then he concludes... Um, as you can see, right, we, we're just reading the, the, just the, uh, the general details. There's a lot of uh, commentary on these things. Um, for example, let's say one more case. Another case, a, a woman decides that she's no longer going to be religious. And she doesn't want to, receive, and she doesn't want to get a get. So what should the husband do in such a case? So the Amor says um, that he can get her a get through a third person. The way that it works is like this. Is that if a woman says she doesn't want to get a get, so there is, a, there is in Jewish law called zchus. Right? For example, let's say Menachem is walking on the street and he sees a suitcase. He opens up the suitcase and has, a, and has cash in it. Cash 
full with cash. So he knows that, for example, Mark can use the cash. So he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to pick up this cash for Mark. Mark, Menachem doesn't think of himself. He only thinks of other people. So he says, I'm going to pick up this cash for Mark. Right, now Mark doesn't know anything about this. Mark doesn't, uh, Mark did not appoint him as his messenger. But since it's a, it's a schus, since it's a merit for Mark to receive this, to, to, to get this suitcase, therefore Menachem can pick up, it's a sort of, sort of a legal agency. Menachem can pick up the suitcase and now it becomes Mark's suitcase. And even if Menachem changes his mind, it's still Mark's suitcase. Mark has to keep the suitcase if Mark ever finds out about it. Okay? Now, so the same thing. If a woman says she doesn't want to have a get, we can appoint, uh, for example, Moshe ben Tzvi, and we can say, Moshe ben Tzvi, you're going you're to take the get for her, you're going to be Mizaka, you're going you, you're to take into possession for her. You can do this. A third party can take into possession for her this get. So if a woman is not religious, she doesn't want to take a get, there are those that say, that we can we can give her a get through a, through a third party, and this is the meaning in certain places. Um, so there are more concludes. Wherever the place there is no custom, then even you don't need that. If she doesn't want to get a get, person can marry a second. Uh, a man can marry a second a, a second wife, and that is the that that is the halacha. So these are these are some of the details of the laws. So therefore, in summary, what we have said so far is that the Torah and the rabbis did not prohibit polygamy. However, the uh, the chirim of the excommunication of Rabbeinu Gershom, uh, Rabbeinu Gershom prohibited uh, prohibited polygamy. What's the reason for this? So there are many reasons. There is an entry in uh, in uh, Rav Zevin, who is the editor of the Encyclopedia Talmudis. In the Encyclopedia Talmudis, on page seven, in, in volume number seventeen. Uh, under the entry of Chelem de Rabbeinu Gershon, there is uh, an entry there. So it says there many reasons as to why, uh, as to why Rabbeinu Gershon decided this. Because it is not, according to the Torah, in any way, shape, form, immoral. It's not immoral at all. Okay, so he says the reason for this is like this. Number one is because there are people who are promiscuous. There are people who are promiscuous. And these people who are promiscuous, so they're going to take advantage of this, of this law. And they have many wives, and it's not going to be pishmak, uh, as they say. Number two, is in order to prevent fights. Because we said before that, uh, you know, we're all good people. But it can happen that if there's two women that are married to one man, that they can get into makhwikis. Uh, it could be a fight. So in order to prevent that, also. Um... <coughs> Uh, there's more, more reasons. Perhaps maybe a person, a man will be irresponsible. He'll marry 20, 30 women and then he's going to go bankrupt. And he won't be able to support them all. So there's going to be a group and there's going to be uh, all these families and he's not going to be able to support them. That's another reason. Especially in the, he says, that this, uh, we live in the Golas, it's very difficult to make Panasa in Golas and it's much easier to make Panasa. <laughs> or like we said perhaps maybe a person will marry uh, will marry in one country a woman will marry uh, another country the children and the children will get married I was listening to a, to a, I was listening to a uh, to a class 
about uh, about this topic. And the, the rabbi who was giving the class. He said that he knew of a story of a guy who fell in love with a woman who was uh, who was half his age. She was half his age. So uh, she was he was a, he was a Holocaust survivor. And um, he, she wanted him. She wanted him to meet his mother. She wanted him to meet his mother. So he went and he met the mother and he realized she wanted him to meet her mother. So he met the mother and the mother was his wife or uh, you know his uh, his you know whatever uh, his close relative. Yeah, and he, he didn't know because he thought that she was dead. Whatever, and then he discovered it was her. He says, Mister in this class, this, this this rabbi says, perhaps maybe because when men fell in, fall in love, they always fall in love with the same woman. Once they once they have their eyes on one person, so it's always a similar 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 person. So perhaps maybe you know he saw in the daughter, maybe he saw his wife. Then he afterwards he discovered it. Okay, uh, who knows? Okay, another reason. Um, fine. Another reason is given by Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Another reason he, he says is because there was too many, too much pressure from the Goyim. Rabbi Yaakov Emden says that the Goyim decided. First of all, they decided that. Uh, first of all, they decided that marriage is evil altogether. Marriage is bad because uh, really the ideal state of the human beings is should be celibate. Right? That uh, the holiest person is one who doesn't get married at all. Um, well, population dies out pretty quickly. Right, listen, uh, it's, uh, there's always going to be. The same way that the Gemara says at the end of Kiddushin, everybody will always do every job. So even though there'll be holy people, there'll always be people that are married. So they're, they're, you know they weren't worried about that; they were right. I, I once, I once, uh, I work, uh, you know, I visit uh, companies uh, all the time. So I once went to Mexico with this fellow. He's very Catholic. Yeah, he's married. I, he, so he told me that his priest is he's not married. So I said, Do you feel bad about that? Do you feel bad that uh, you're not ho- as holy as he is? So he said to me, No, I don't. Uh, I don't feel bad at all. I don't feel bad at all. You know, he has his life. I have my life. But I said, I said to him, look, but this is the person who you put on the pedestal. This is the person who you worship. This is the person who you respect. This is the ideal human being. So you're not the ideal human being. So he said, no, I don't look at it that way. At which point I said, uh, you know, I'm not going to push the, uh, I'm not going to push the, uh, I'm not going to push my luck. But uh, it's not a problem. It's not a problem for them, right? So, so at least. At least, so if you're going to get married to one, but to get married to two, that's already the mishiga. You're married to two, so it's created so much pressure, and now they've been successful. Now it, it is outlawed. It's outlawed. Uh, it's outlawed in the, in the United States. Uh, polygamy is against the law. That's because it is a Western Christian country with Christian ideals who don't believe in the same morals as uh, as, as, as the Torah. But uh, says uh, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, but that's uh, because of the pressure, so much pressure that we're going to be the Goyim are going to cause us Taurus. They're going to cause Taurus. So therefore, therefore, Rabbi um, Gershon made this uh, made this takana that there should be only there should, a person should only be married uh, to, 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 to 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 one person. Okay, fine. Um, now what? Let's talk about let's talk about one a practical case. Practical case is found in the response of Rabbi Moshe, Moshe Feinstein. I'm not sure why I brought all of these. Sorry, I don't know. Okay, practical case is found in Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Evan Ezer, um, number number one, number fifty-five. 
he says, in Ebn Ezra, he had the following question. Listen to this. Um, uh, Rabbi Moshe wrote this in 1954, I believe, on the fifth day of Hanukkah. This was the question that was asked him by Rabbi Yaakov Kleinerman. Um, a person, okay, let me get the case clearly here. Moshe ben Svi, hear the case clearly. Case is like this. Two people are married. Two Jewish people are married. And the, the man goes and marries another woman in a Goisha court. He goes and marries another woman in a secular civil court. He has a civil marriage. Okay? And he has not yet divorced his first wife. Now, she also went and got married to somebody else. The first wife. The first, the first wife went and got married to somebody else. Now, because she went and got married to somebody else, she's having a relationship out of wedlock. She's automatically prohibited from the laws of Sota. Woman who has an extramarital relationship uh, is prohibited to her husband and the person that she has a relationship with. So this woman now becomes prohibited to him also. And now, this fellow who married the second wife, let's give them names. Ruvain is married to, uh, to, to Sprinzer and... Uh, Ruvain is married to Sprinzer and... Uh, I don't know. Spritzer and, and uh, give me another name. Martin. No, a Jewish name. Jewish name. She wasn't Jewish. She was a Jewish. Everybody's Jewish. The court was not Jewish. He's married to Spritzer. First he was married to Spritzer, then he married Zilpa. Now, Spritzer went and got married to somebody else. Spritzer went and got married to somebody else, and he got married to Zilpa. Now, now, Ruvain is looking. Now, Ruvain wants to give Spritzer a get. He wants to give her a get. Problem is, he doesn't know where Sprinter is. Sprinter ran away to the Bahamas, and he can't find Sprinter. Right? Now, the question is like this. Since he can't find Sprinter, he's still married to Sprinter, even though she's prohibited to him because she is whatever she's doing with somebody else. She's, she's married to somebody else. The question is now... He's at, now after he put himself into this mess, he comes to ask a Shaila. Now he's asking a Shaila. The Shaila is, can he stay married to Zilpa? Because, first of all, first of all, there may be the, the Chayim, the excommunication of Rabbeinu Gershom applies. Because, uh, because uh, he's still married to the first one, and he's married to the second one. Right? That, that was... That was the that was the question that was asked of Moshe. What should you do? Apply Jewish law to marry. To who? The to Sprinter or the Zilpa? The second wife. Well, that's also a question which Moshe does not discuss in detail. But it's also a question because why wouldn't he be? Because he was got married by uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a civil court. He got married in a civil court. So is he married or is that considered to be married? Ultimately, all you need to for marriage is um, uh, a nap. No, that's what we said. That that's not true. The, it has to be Lishim Kiddushin. It has to be for the purpose of Kiddushin. Like, we, like the Rambam describes at the beginning of the laws of Ishus. That, it, that, that a person has to do a Kiddushin. There has to be a ceremony. It has to be done for that purpose. Otherwise, it's not marriage. The civil court doesn't prove the intent. Fine. So that's, that is the discussion. There's a Rafinkin maybe holds it this way that... Uh, that, uh, that it's considered to be a marriage. Well, Moshe does not get into it, but yeah. So maybe they're married, maybe they're not. Also, what, the, what's the, what, what is the law in such a case? What would you say to this fellow? Since the Chayim is in effect, he can do whatever he wants because he's already in Chayim anyway. But maybe he's not in Chayim. No, he can do whatever he wants. The Chayim is supposed to prevent him from doing it. 
He can, he can divorce a woman. He can divorce a woman. He can separate from her. He doesn't have to stay. Unfair with him? Yeah. Yeah, as long as right. Now, he says the first thing is like this. The first thing is, is that we guys, now Marvin, you have to help me with the names because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get confused between Sprinter and Zopa here. Okay? The first thing is, what Moshe says like this, is that we got to find Sprinter. We got to find Sprinter. Because if we don't find Sprinter, we're going to have Saurus. What's the, not, no pun intended. If we're not going to find Sprinter, the problem is like this. Since Sprinter is living with somebody else, if she has children with this man, the children are Mamzerim. If the children are Mamzerim, then the children are messed up forever because they can't get married after whatever. It's an issue. And that is Benogera, that is pertinent to all of Christ, though, because who knows how many children she's going to have. And that's going to be Mamzerim. So we got to do our most, says Ramaisha. We got to find Sprinter. Where is Sprinter? Right. <laughs> He's in the barn. We gotta find Sprinter because Sprinter has to get a get because we have to prevent Mamzeris. We have to prevent Mamzeris. Now, say, that's what he says. However, however, he is guilty of two offenses. First of all, he is guilty of the offense of having a marriage or a relationship with a single woman. So he understands that Moshe seems to understand that a secular marriage is not a marriage. He is having a relationship with a single woman. Prohibition number one. Prohibition number two is, even though she's single, says that Moshe, the excommunication of Rabbeinu Gershom is in effect. And he did this on purpose. Because he went away with Zilpa. Before Sprinter went away with so and so to the Bahamas. So therefore, <coughs> says Ramosha, he still did not do Chuba. Also, in addition to these two transgressions, he has not done Chuba because he's still living with Zopa. We are not obligated to help such an individual. It's his problem. He made this bed. I'm not going to finish the pun. Okay? And so it's his problem. Now he has to suffer the consequences. But for Klai Israel, we got to find Sprinter to make sure she gets a get. To protect the children. What? To protect the children. To, to, to protect the children. To protect Klai Israel. Mm-hmm. Now, says the Moshe, if you remember some of the laws we mentioned, says the Moshe like this. Let's say now, Perhaps, maybe, we are, we should, we should allow him, right, um, because he's prohibited to him. If Sprinter would, to sh- would show up today, if Sprinter would show up today, if he would come, they can't stay together. Because since she had a relationship out of wedlock, she's prohibited to him. So since she's prohibited to him, they can't stay together. He can't be married to her. So we should allow him to marry somebody else because now she is like as if she doesn't exist. Because now this is no this is, this is not a wife. They don't have a relationship. So regardless whether he gives her a good or not, they can't live together. So therefore, perhaps maybe the the chayim of Rabbeinu Gershom, the excommunication does no longer exist because it doesn't exist where the first wife is uh, is not capable or he's not capable of having a relationship with his first wife. 
So perhaps maybe we should allow it straight out. So the motion, no, we can't. As we mentioned, as we mentioned that in such a case, in such a case, he quotes uh, the Pesachura, in such a case, you have to have a Hetamer Rabbanan. If he wants to get now married to, now if he wants to be married to Zilpa, he needs a Hetamer Rabbanan. He needs a hundred rabbis to sign on the signature until they find Shprinza. Okay. Oh, oh, we're going to get to that. Moshe Ben Tzvi? Very good. Now, he says, right, he says like this. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit because it's not, it's not pertinent to us. Or uh, it's too involved. Now, he says, Moshe Ben Tzvi. He says Moshe Ben Tzvi's point. He says like this. However, you have to make sure, 100%, that she got married, that Sprinter got married to somebody else. What? You have to make sure. How do we know that Sprinter is married to somebody else in the Bahamas? Because he said so. How do we know he's saying the truth? Says the Moshe. We have to make sure that he's saying the truth. What happens if this fellow produces witnesses and says the witnesses say we saw her we know we saw we were at the wedding says with motion you have to go after the witnesses and you have to probe them and you have to ask them questions and you have to make sure that they're also telling the truth because we don't know the truth here because look if, if Spencer is not married to somebody else then he is not prohibited to her. Then we're not going to allow him to marry Zilpa because of the of the of the of the Chayyim Says Moshe, because there are many people in this country that lie. The witnesses come and they say, and anech begatog another day, or as they say another way in Yiddish. Not sitting, not flying. It's not true. It's a lie. That she never got married. He says you have to make sure that we have to verify to find out that Spencer actually talked about marriage. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe there's some sort of... Well, if she got married in civil court, maybe you can find it. Maybe you can find it in, uh, in the records of the civil court. If she got married uh, according to the, to the law. Now, he says Moshe Ben Tzvi's point. Okay? If that is the case, if that is the case, what should we do? We should appoint Moshe Ben Tzvi and we should write a get the husband. This husband has to write a get and give it to Moshe Ben Tzvi that he should accept it on the behalf of Spencer. He should accept it on behalf of Spencer. However, this is after we find out that Jeff and Dick get married. Yes. Okay. However, we can only do this if he separates from Zilpa until the get is done. He cannot continue, he says, living with Zilpa for two reasons. Number one, because Zilpa is a single person he's married. And number two, because the Chalem, the, uh, the Chalem of Rabbeinu Gershom, 
the uh, excommunication of Rabbeinu Geshem is, um, is, is in effect, right? Even with, even with a single person. So here's, that's a case in point. That's a case in point. You have such a, you have such a situation where, where you have a person wanting to get married to somebody else, and maybe you can have um, a hetemei rabbanim. Okay, yeah. This is the, this is the basically the way, um, this is basically the way that it, uh, the, basically the way that it developed. Okay. Um, fine. I mean, basically, this is what I wanted to share. Does anybody have any uh, questions on what I'm talking about? Perhaps. No. I figured that this would be this class. I think it would be full of controversy, heated discussion, because it's uh, it's always in the news how the uh, the uh, you know that there are certain religions that they allow that they allow um, they allow adult marriage and that it's that it is not the. Uh, they they allow polygamy and that it's wrong and it's immoral and uh, we just we just said that according to the Torah it is not and we accepted it it's, it's all to say it's all fine. Moshe Ben Tzvi, you have a question. Yes, if the um, if the cherem has is partly to do with external pressure from the surrounding society as to what constitutes morality, does that mean that the reverse is also true? That after uh, after having a religious marriage, you also have to get it up to, uh, by uh, to local society in order for the same pressure reasons? So yeah, I don't, I don't understand the question. Uh, do you have to um, follow the logic of the cherem? Are you required to get a uh, a civil marriage in addition to being married Jewish. Are you required to get a civil marriage in addition to being married Jewish? Uh, the premise, uh, premise of oh, because, because it's because it's moral? No. The Yavich was afraid Right, uh, what the so the society would think. No, the that is only conjecture as to why the cherem exists. Oh, it's only conjecture why the cherem exists. We don't know the reason why it exists. We don't even have a written document. There are different versions of it. In the Encyclopedia Talmudis, in that entry for the cherem ben Gershom, it gives all kinds of different versions and different sources of the actual cherem. We don't know what it what it says. We don't have a copy of Rabbeinu Gershom. You know, we're not even sure 100% that Rabbeinu Gershom is the one who. Uh, Who's the one who did it? We think that maybe there was a bezin that did it afterwards. Have a copy of it? I guess not. It's a thousand, a thousand years ago. We don't, we don't have it. He died about uh, in the twelve hundreds, early twelve hundreds. Um, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have a copy of the um, of the document. We don't have a copy of the document, so we don't, we don't know exactly what it says. Uh, but it, it was because of pressure for the Goyim. But it wasn't because we wanted to conform to the ideals of the Goyim. But the reason why is because we were afraid that, that he was afraid that we would get persecuted by the. Uh, he was afraid that we get persecuted by the Goyim. By the way, Rabbeinu Gershom himself. What? That doesn't apply today. Right. So it doesn't apply today. If that is the reason why he did it, it doesn't apply today. There was. I saw a website that talks about the fact that uh, really we should abolish it. The website, I cannot verify the source, I didn't have time to look it up, but the Vilma Gon used to say, the Vilma Gon used to say, if I, if I had time to travel 
um, if I had time to travel and, 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 and interrupt my study in Torah, I would, I would go and commission to accomplish two things. One of them, that there should be a birchus konim, that the kahanim should say brachos every single day. And the second thing I would do is, said the Vilmagon, is that I would, I would abolish this takana of Rabbeinu Gershon, that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that a person cannot have more than, uh, be married to more than one, the, more than one woman. But, uh, Marvin wanted to ask you, Marvin. Uh, just real quick, um, you mentioned the Leverite marriage situation. Leverite marriage, right. Yeah. Yibum. Uh, Yibum. Yeah. So if you have two brothers, one brother dies childless, and let's say the, the other brother, the surviving brother, is married, did you say then that he would have to divorce his wife? No. So uh, they, there's two options when it comes to Yibum all the time. The two options are chalitza and yibum. Either the brother can marry his uh, brother's wife, or he can send her away with the process called chalitza. So now he's married. Let's say the second brother is married. So now this woman, his brother dies, chas without children. This woman now forced him to yibum. She has two options. One option is that he marries her, because he's allowed to have a second wife, and now he's got to do a mitzvah. Right, uh, we've discussed this many times before. Maybe it's a mitzvah to transfer his brother's neshama into the baby of the Ramban alludes to this in Parshas Vayeshev. Right, uh, this is discussed by the Kabbalists. And the Torah says it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to do Yibam. Or he could do Chalitza. So which one do we do? So that's what the Ramon said. The Ramon said that it's a dispute. You do, uh, you do Yibam or you do Chalitza. The probably the contemporary halachic practice is, is of course, uh, you're not going to marry the second wife because you're going to do Chalitza because that's what we do anyway. The mitzvah doesn't, uh, doesn't allow it. And even if uh, there's no children, that's also a person who's not allowed to get married to a second, to a second person. Okay? Also, another thing that I thought that would be a, a, a subject of discussion is, is that this is an unbelievable thing, at least in my eyes, in, in my mind, that it seems to me that a man has the capacity, the emotional capacity, to carry on multiple relationships. Do we, do we all, everybody hear this? Do you hear this? Is that true? Is that true? Does everybody agree with that? This is what I'm saying. This is what the Torah says. The Torah says that a man can have more than one wife. Now, how can the Torah say that if, if a man cannot carry more than one relationship? So that means that it is saying that a man has the capacity to carry more than one relationship. And the only thing that stops the modern Jewish man from carrying more than one relationship on a regular basis as a part of the sociological reality of living in a Jewish society is the Chayim and Rabbeinu Gershon. That's it. Which according to the Mahab expired 700 years ago. Do you hear this? Do you hear this, Mark? Do you hear, do you hear this? Are you capable of carrying more than one relationship? You understand? You get a phone call. You get a phone call. I need your help. So you say, I'm on your way over. You get into your Porsche and you drive as fast as you can to help. Then on your way, you get another phone call. I need your help. You understand? The Torah is saying, you can do it. You can handle it. Lucky for the portion. It's a nice car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's what that's what we're saying here. 
I think the answer is that guys can't really have an emotional relationship. So it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. That's why women can only have one husband because they can't. Yeah. That could be. That could be. You know, this 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 is a ramification of many uh, different uh, discussions. Okay. Fine. I think we'll conclude here. Have a good job. Oh, so I was going to say, there's a book by by Marcus Lehman. Look it up. Short book. It's sort of like a children's story, but it's not really. Written by Marcus Lehman about. It's called the Meir Agoyla, which is the the Rabbi Gershon was known as the uh, is the light is, is the light of the diaspora. He had two wives. In this book, he had two wives. Now, not only did he have two wives, but one of the wives. One of the wives, I don't remember the whole storyline, almost got him killed. <laughs> because the, 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 I think the, 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 the person who was in the, the, the ruler of the, of the particular land that, that, he, he, that he lived in wanted to replicate Shlomo's throne. And he said that he doesn't know how to do it. Or I remember he said there was some kind of thing that he didn't reveal to the person, to the king or the, the chief that he knows how to do it, and one of his wives told him that he really does know. Tell him the solution, and it almost got him killed. No wonder he made up this. Well, you said it, I didn't say it. So, so I don't know. I don't know if the story is true, but this is what Marcus Lehman uh, writes about uh, Rabbi Nugash. Okay? So he was the last one. At least that. Okay.